Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Daily Dose of Dillingham. Here is your host and frontline commander of the humanitarian New World Order, John Dillingham. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to your Daily Dose of Dillingham, 4.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, December 13th, 2023. We're back. This is 2.96. I have four more of these, and on the fourth one, I'll be at 300. And I'm so excited. And I promise you, I'm going to be the only one that gives a shit. Because I've, I've convinced myself that no matter what I put online, no matter what is said anywhere on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, which is now known as X.com, <clears throat> nobody cares, guys. I'm invisible online, and it's fucking awesome. And, um, yeah. And, uh, but for the people that are listening, thank you. I appreciate you. That never never comment or question or like or talk to me. It's cool, guys. I get it. I'm sure I've blown everyone away by my intelligence at this point in time. My ability to see through the bullshit and to not compromise and undervalue myself and allowing myself to being manipulated. Etc. etc. I'm so smart. I deserve $10 million tomorrow. So let's hope that all of my investments pan out. And, uh, you know, I'll just keep doing these podcasts, putting free information out there, explaining, you know, not financial advice, but what I think you should buy. And will people keep buying dumb things like, you know, <clears throat> shamwows, blankets they don't need. What, are the, what were those blankets called? I don't remember, but there were blankets that were weird, too, that had sleeves. Um, Snuggies, I think that's what they're called. Something like that. Was it a Snuggie? Do those still exist? Yeah, it's a Snuggie. You know, people are going to buy dumb shit. I buy crypto, man. And and stocks that I believe in. And also, sometimes I hit y'all with health tips. You know, you guys know I go to the gym three times a week. If you don't know, now you know. Um... But I did it for the first time ever. I have had days where I haven't really eaten much for a 24-hour period. But I did essentially like a 36-hour fast on Saturday. I timed it right just after. I work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I did it on a day after I work out. 
and I got back into the mode of eating on Sunday, the day before I went back to work out. I just, the whole concept of working on, working out on an empty stomach seemed dumb to me and not smart without having some kind of protein in my body. Um, so I, uh, on Saturday, I just didn't eat. And I, uh, the last time I ate was like Friday at like two in the morning. I had like, it was stupid too. Like I had a bowl of ice cream or something like that, bro. It was like, whatever. So I go to sleep. I wake up Saturday. I don't eat anything. You can drink coffee on a fast and a little bit of creamer. I did do that. And the rest of the day, it was just, I was just slamming water. Anytime I felt hunger, I just drank a bunch of water. And I did that all day. And dude, by the time like, I usually I usually eat because the I wake up like between 1:30 and 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I usually don't eat till like five, six, seven o'clock at night for the first time because I I rarely eat breakfast. Coffee is my breakfast um, along with this podcast and gym. But anyway. The fast goes, it, it takes this huge nosedive right around when I usually eat. And, and like from then on, dude, I'm slamming water while starving. Like I literally am just, I feel like such a bitch too, telling you guys this. Because I, I was a gigantic pussy throughout this entire episode of like being hungry in the later part of the fast. And um, you know, I finally like, I, I went to sleep at like 2 or whatever in the morning with an empty stomach, you know, it was literally, I was in bed and I could hear my stomach still just kind of like churning and gargling or whatever. I woke up the next day um, and I was like, what's my morning dump going to be like? Barely anything came out right, but there was still some left. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to have to eat something. I was like, I got to eat something because I did. and, And two things stuck out to me when I woke up that morning. For whatever reason, I wasn't hungry again, okay? I guess that's because my body was still... I guess because it got rest, that takes away hunger. I don't know. And I felt lighter. And I was lighter. I I literally lost four pounds just not eating for 24 hours, which another bonus. Um, And I was going to do the fast for 48 hours, like basically the whole weekend. And then not eat until after my workout on Monday, but I just, I bitched out, man. I had like a handful of walnuts, and the next thing I know, I went to, uh, I got a pizza at Domino's, I think, yeah. I could have, that's the other thing, I could have eaten a lot healthier, too, getting back into the groove. Like, my mom suggested a bowl of soup, didn't listen to mom, wouldn't got a pizza, you know. So, like, there's a lot of things that, uh... I could have done better that I probably will do better next time. I think I'm going to start doing this once a month or anytime I, I go over what I consider um, my tart, my my weight that I'm trying to keep. I'm six foot, 218 pounds. I'm trying to get back down to 208 pounds. Um, but I just, ever since I quit smoking, I've just consistently been around 218 pounds. I don't know what it is. And I, and people have told me it's because I'm gaining muscle. Uh, I've never done weights before. So it's all kind of a weird time for me, um, the whole gym life thing. I think it's a much healthier lifestyle than skating was for me personally. Because skating was just, although it's a great cardio workout and full body workout, you're not really targeting any muscles when you skate other than your legs essentially. 
Um, and it's also obviously much more dangerous than just lifting weights or running on a treadmill. Um, so, but I have, I have actually integrated skating occasionally for like 15 minutes during the week, just on my driveway, just to just do it. And I've literally lost nothing as far as I can tell, which is interesting in itself. But, um, yeah, this whole thing has just been a discovery for me of like, what am I capable of at 42? And um, fasting, I think, is a good thing. So, you know, if, if you find yourself feeling feeling like you have uh, sluggishness, just do a 24-hour fast. Um, I may try a 48-hour fast next time. I think I could do it, but baby steps, right? Um, so I'd, anyway, it, it's, a, it's a great way to kind of cleanse your body of any kind of bloat. You'll lose that weight really quickly. You'll feel better at the end of the whole thing, most likely, unless there's something seriously wrong with you. Like, um, you know, try, try at your own risk. And um, they said I would feel dizzy and all that. And I guess, I think, I don't eat a lot, but I eat a lot of, like, highly fattening foods, like fast food and sandwiches and, um, you know, stuff that has a lot of, I guess, um, carbohydrates so my body's like my body was I think thanking me for just not having a day of not having to break down carbohydrates and so the next day I was rewarded with this feeling of like just feeling better and less bloated and all of it had gone through my system and my body was able to, to put its energy towards other things and that's kind of like part of getting old I think you know when you get into your 40s you'll find your metabolism really starts slowing down it's not like it was in your 20s and 30s where as long as you're active, your metabolism is probably going to keep working properly. In your 40s, it just everything just starts slowing down, man. That's all I can. That's the best way I can put it. Um, and you, everything just takes longer. So, for what it's worth, guys, um, I, I, I share this news because I love all my listeners. Um, unless you're like a lunatic pedophile uh, human trafficker I don't love you but everyone else that uh, doesn't rape or murder you're cool with my book and uh, we all make stupid mistakes so uh, yeah anyway for what it's worth try fasting that's my story let's get into some headlines and then I'm going to go over some crypto because we did have a, a dip on Monday that scared the shit out of me but I did buy the dip like I'm supposed to do, and, and now I'm, I'm in a little bit of profit, but it's nothing crazy. So let's hit up news.google.com, our trusted source. Hunter Biden defies House Republican subpoena that he testify in private. That's NBC News. Hunter Biden defies House GOP subpoena, risking contempt of Congress, CBS News. Hunter Biden faces backlash after defying subpoena with press conference stunt. Hold him in contempt. In uh, quotations there. It's Fox News, of course. Um, you know how they love Hunter Biden there. My father was not financially involved in my business. Hunter Biden speaks outside Capitol Hill. Okay, so... I guess by him saying that... Let's go with Fox News. No, let's go with CBS today. It looks like they have a video here. On YouTube, of course. Well, let's see what they have to say. 
Earlier today, Hunter Biden declined to appear for his scheduled deposition before the House Oversight Committee. The president's son was subpoenaed to testify behind closed doors this morning. He says he will only testify in public. Right, and within the last hour, we have heard from Republicans about this. Committee Chairman James Comer and Jim Jordan say their investigation is credible, in their words, and transparent. They told reporters this morning that they may potentially look at initiating proceedings for contempt of Congress. Hunter Biden made remarks around 90 minutes ago, and we want to play a bit of what he had to say. They have lied over and over about every aspect of my personal and professional life, so much so that their lies have become the false facts believed by too many people. So our Catherine Herridge uh, was there when Hunter Biden made his remarks, and she's joining us now. I, this is not, I don't think this is a tremendous surprise that he's not going to be testifying today. Catherine, what did Hunter Biden say? I don't give a fuck. All right. So anyway, I guess... He's because he went public with this shit and said all that. Now he's like in contempt of court. Whatever, man. Oh, this whole fucking circus shit. Uh, Trump urges, we go from Biden, of course, to Trump. Trump urges appeals court not to rush immunity decision in election case. New York Times. Trump legal team files motion to pause proceedings pending appeal. Didn't we get this on Monday too? So this is still continuing, just more, I guess that's all we have. The only news we have today is Hunter Biden said some and Trump said some. And uh, what about all the rest of the news that from, you know, that what about the news that actually matters, Google News? What are you doing to me? These are the top stories you give me. Fucking conspiracy, man. Florida school board asked moms for Liberty co-founder to resign amid GOP chair. What? This is New York Post. Let's go into this. I, I'm so tired of hearing about Biden and Trump, dude. And the fucking Israel-Gaza shit. Dude, it's like there's other stuff happening in the world, right? We're all sick of it at this point. All right, this is uh, Liberty School Board asked Moms for Liberty co-founder to resign amid GOP chair husband's rape accusation. What? A Florida school board passed a resolution Tuesday calling for the resignation of one of its members, Moms for Liberty co-founder Bridget Ziegler, or Ziegler, Z-I-E-G-L-E-R, I think that's Ziegler, amid a rape investigation into her husband, the GOP state chairman. The Sarasota County School Board cannot oust Bridget Ziegler from the panel, but voted 4-1 to one to recommend that she step down in the fallout, fallout from the bombshell sex scandal. Ziegler, who voted against the bipartisan measure, dismissed it as, a toothless, it as toothless and said she was disappointed. She gave no indication that she would resign, and remain on the days after the vote. Board Chair Karen Rose, who introduced the resolution against Ziegler, said in an email that she is shocked and sadly, deep and sadly, deeply saddened by the rape allegations targeting her husband, Republican State Chairman Christian Ziegler, and the couple's admissions about having a threesome previously with the accuser. 
I personally care about Bridget and her family and deeply regret the necessity for this course of action, but given the intense media scrutiny locally and nationally, her continued presence on the board would cause irreparably harmful distractions to our critical mission, Rose wrote. Board member Tim Eno said it is up to Bridget Ziegler to decide whether to step down. Only Florida's governor can remove a school board member and only certain conditions such as criminal charge. If she continues and doesn't resign and stays, we have an obligation that we all need to be focused on education, Eno said. The politics have to go get outside the boardroom. It should only be about the kids. Bridget Ziegler, who is co-founder of the conservative parental rights group Moms for Liberty, is co-founder of the conservative parental rights group Moms for Liberty. She has served on the board since 2014 when she was appointed by then Republican Governor Rick Scott and has previously been its chair. Before Tuesday's board meeting, several dozen protesters marched outside carrying signs saying ban Bridget, not books, and chanting, hey, hey, ho, ho, Bridget Ziegler has to go. Not a bad looking lady either. Who got raped though? Um, Ziegler also allegedly filmed himself engaging in the sex act with his accuser according to a news report and police affidavit. The graphic video allegedly showed the woman bent over a piece of furniture in the bedroom reported the Florida triad. She reportedly could be heard telling the Florida GOP chairman to climax in her mouth rather than on her new shirt. The state GOP chairman has maintained that the encounter was consensual. He has not been charged with any crime so far. Wow, this is steamy. Allow ads on New York Post. What else we got here? I'm, this is the first time I've heard about any of this. Um, I guess they're all jumping on it. Florida GOP chairman recorded graphic video of his encounter with woman accusing him of rape. Report. Florida Republican Party Chairman Christian Ziegler recorded a graphic video of himself engaged in a sex act with the woman accusing him of rape, according to a report in a police affidavit. Ziegler shot the video on his cell phone after he showed up at the woman's apartment alone on October 2nd, according to Florida Trident. He claims the activity was consensual. Ziegler's accuser has seen bent over a piece of furniture in the bedroom and heard telling the Florida GOP chairman to climax in her mouth rather than on her new shirt in the short video. As part of the criminal investigation of the Sunshine State GOP chair, the Sarasota Police Department is now in possession of that video recording. The GOP leader's wife, Bridget Ziegler, confirmed to Sarasota Police that she and her husband had previously had consensual three-way sexual encounter with the alleged rape victim, a woman whom Christian Ziegler has known for 20 years. Sorry I was mostly, sorry I was mostly in for her, the accuser told Christian Ziegler. I was sorry I was mostly in for her, the accuser told Christian Ziegler in a text message the day of the alleged rape, referring to Bridget, according to the affidavit. The message came after the Florida GOP chairman asked the alleged victim for her address and informed her that it was probably just me this time because his wife was no longer free to participate in the tryst. Surveillance video from the apartment shows Ziegler knowing 
excuse me, Ziegler knocking on the alleged victim's door and walking inside. According to the Florida Trident, which appears to contradict at least part of the woman's version of events, the victim opened her apartment door to walk her dog, and Christian was standing outside in the hallway. The Sarasota police affidavit reads, Christian entered the apartment, bent the victim over the bar stool, and vaginally penetrated her with his penis. Damn. Why is this guy getting all this action? Both women and the floor GOP chair exit the apartment together after the alleged rape with surveillance footage reportedly showing Ziegler returning to his pickup truck and the woman walking across the street to get food. So this is like just a big lie they want us to think, I guess. I don't know. With the detectives listening in, the alleged victim contacted Ziegler weeks after their encounter telling him, I'm not okay with what happened the other day between us. Oh, that's not good, Ziegler responded. According to the affidavit, you are my friend, known you for like 20 years now. Lol. Yeah, I know, but that was not cool, and you didn't bring her and did that to me, the accuser replied. Bridget was in, then couldn't because no response. Bridget was in, then couldn't because no response, Ziegler said. She said next time. She said in next time, but I understand. You're my friend... You're, uh, I guess they edited something. You're blank. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank my friend. I actually like you as a person. Maybe sexy. You're sexy, my friend. I actually like you as a person. So sorry you got upset. But can leave you alone if you prefer. When the alleged victim told Ziegler, Who is this victim? Why, does this victim have a name? Why do we have an anonymous victim here? You know what I mean? Yeah, there's no name. I don't know, man. This whole thing's weird. I'm done. Bridge is hot, though. Could do better. He's ugly. This dude's ugly. <clears throat> How's this guy getting all this action? He must have a lot of money, right? Uh, let's go back to, where are we at, 21 minutes? I'll do one more headline. Uh, here we go. Top takeaways from the COP28 climate deal meeting in Dubai. I bet China and India still no, don't give a shit. All right. In the final weeks of the hottest year in recorded history, the international body responsible for limiting global warming and its disastrous effects called on countries to transition away from the chief cause of climate change, fossil fuels, for the first time. It's embarrassing that it took 28 years, but now we're finally here. Now it finally seems like the world has acknowledged that we need to move away from fossil fuels, said Dan Jorgensen, Denmark's climate minister. The agreement at the United Nations Climate Conference, known as COP28, comes after more than two weeks of contentious negotiations. 
But not all of the nearly 200 countries present, particularly those at the greatest risk from the rapidly warming world, were satisfied with the decision, which ended more than 24 hours after the summit's scheduled close. I bet all of them have ties with oil companies too, right? Amidst the congratulations and speeches, some countries expressed their outrage at not being allowed to comment on a final text they felt did not go far enough to address the threats from global warming, especially to developing nations. The Alliance of Small Island States, which represents countries that have contributed little to global climate change, but are already being overrun by sea level rise, said it saw a litany of loopholes in the final text. Members of the Alliance and climate activists at COP28 called for a clear path towards phasing out fossil fuels, which are responsible for 75% of global warming. It is not enough for us to reference the science and then make agreements that ignore the science's talent what the science is telling us we need to do. Anne Rasmussen of Sam Samoa told world leaders as the meeting ended, speaking on behalf of the AOSIS coalition, she pointed out that the final deal does not require countries to stop using fossil fuels by any particular date. This is not an approach that we should be asked to defend, she said. The science on climate change is clear to limit the worst effects of planetary warming runaway level, sea level rise, mass extinction of plants and animals, and damaging and deadly wildfires, hurricanes, droughts, heat waves, and floods, the world needs to reduce its emissions of climate warning, warming fossil fuels rapidly and steeply. In 2015, world leaders agreed to limit warming to below 2 degrees Celsius and ideally below 1.5 degrees Celsius compared to pre-industrial times. Scientists say that warming above 1.5 degrees Celsius would put global flood systems at risk, spell the end of the world's, excuse me, spell the end of most of the world's coral reefs, and potentially trigger climate tipping points, like the melting of permafrost, which could accelerate warming regardless of other human actions. The world has already warmed roughly 1.2 degrees Celsius, said Jim Skia chair of UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change interview at COP28, keeping 1.5 alive. The off-quoted goal of these climate summits is still possible, just Skia said, but he added, we continue to emit, so it's becoming harder and harder to imagine that we're going to limit warming at 1.5 degrees at some point. If we carry on as we are, we'll run out of rope. <clears throat> One of the biggest breakthroughs of COP28 is that, for the first time, millions of dollars will be directed to developing countries that are already suffering damage from climate change. Um, yeah, and it just goes on and on. I'm not going to read all this, but... You know how it is, guys. These countries don't give a shit. They act like they care, and then we still have everything going up, basically. Everything's curving up, man. fucking crazy dude it looks like from what I'm seeing too we've had a lot less CO2 emissions in the US and definitely in European Union and UK but China kept going um, India kept going I don't know, man. This is NPR.org, so just search NPR COP28. 
in today's day, December 13th, you'll find this article. It's a lot. I'm convinced most of these countries just act like they're doing shit. And I, I think I think we'll really know we'll really know that we're making a transition when they have an effective way to recycle electric batteries. That's I think the one hurdle we're kind of seeing here is that we're making all these batteries now that are gonna uh, you know polluting and also transition more to solar and wind power. I think those three things are the key to this. That's my two cents on this. Finding a way to recycle electric batteries, solar, and wind power. Uh, and until we get to all that kind of combination, it's not, it's hopeless, guys. Uh, again, it's it's gonna take a generational generation to change this. I believe. I think I don't think boomers give a shit. They already know they they got one step in death's doorway. They don't fucking care, man. They're gonna blow all their money on fuel and Corvettes and God knows what other bullshit vehicles they buy, right? You know, having gigantic fucking houses, wasting tons of energy for like one one or two people living these huge fucking houses that they don't need. And that's the way that's the way these boomers that were raised to believe that life is. So until I think until we have a population of millennials like me that realize they only need a little bit to live, they, they don't need a goddamn mansion, a fucking four-room house for two people, right? Um, and things like that, dude, that just live with next, you know, would live with the essentials and storage space for all their crap, right? I can fit all my shit in a 450-square-foot space, can you? Um, aside from my car. But what I'm getting at here is that we have a whole population of people that don't give a shit, want to have gigantic houses, tons of land, waste tons of resources every year, and then point the bl- <laughs> point the blame at millennials for not working hard enough. Um, this is what happens when you give a whole generation of people too much fucking money and tell them that they need to buy huge houses. You end up with a bunch of asshats that still spend too much money every year, think they can go on fucking fucking the environment without any suffering any consequences. Anyway. Investment news. We're doing good in the market now. I'm done with headlines, by the way. I feel like I touched on some interesting things. We had a sex scandal, COP28 information, which obviously told us what we need to know. No one gives a shit still. Um, yeah, so right around 8 o'clock Monday, uh, we dropped... Let me... Uh, I'll use Bitcoin as an example because that will give the most substantial price change, I believe. Within three hours, Bitcoin dropped from $43,789 to $41,964. Let me just calculate that real quick. Just put that in perspective. Four three seven eight. Let's just say four three seven ninety. I love doing math. I love math, by the way, guys. This is probably why I'm so successful with investing. Four one nine six seven. 
that's $1,823 that we dropped in three hours. Um, substantial, $2,000 basically. Um, granted, we had the same rise on December 5th of almost the same amount of money. So it tells you how quickly you can make money in crypto if you have uh, $40,000 laying around basically. Um, <clears throat> anyway, that happened. We continued to decline. Bitcoin got all the way down to $4,713. So basically $3,000 was lost um, in about a day or so, a little bit over a day. And now we're kind of, we're back up again to 4,200, or excuse me, 42,880, $42,752 right now, but we hit 42,896 today. So we're climbing back up. Um, the real indicator that I look at these days is the coin market cap, which tends to follow Bitcoin, but it also is a great indicator. I think as long as we stay above 1.55 trillion, um, which this is the crypto total market cap that I'm looking at on TradingView, as long as we stay above 1.55 trillion, I think we're still going to continue on this bull run. And um, last week, I mean, we hit 1.6 trillion. So. Anyway, I bought some Solana and um, I ended up getting stuck in an Ethereum trade too because I didn't have anywhere else to put money. Because Robin, I was, I have some money in Robinhood that I moved to Coinbase uh, to make the purchase of Solana. And you can only send out, I didn't know this, I, I should have planned this better, I guess. But there's always dumb broker rules that you'll find when you invest money. I could only move out so much, $5,000 of Robinhood, and I wanted to do more than that into Solana to stake it, uh, because the majority of my money is, is gaining interest right now. Anyway, I move, and uh, you, if you stake Solana on Coinbase, you get 5% return annually, which is a, decent, is a decent enough amount for me to believe in that coin and invest in it. I did some research, they're, part, they're in bed with Visa, so I trust they're gonna be around for a while, hopefully. Um, and their price keeps doing well. So anyway, I spent five grand on them and I threw the other five in Ethereum because I wanted to do 10 grand in Solana. Um, and now I'm stuck in this Ethereum trade because everything tanked after I bought the dip even more instead of going up like I thought I was going to. Um, my patience and perseverance has, you know, I've made it through the last day or so just kind of keeping my cool and whatnot we're back up to, to above where i bought everything so we're doing good right now um but at this point i'm just i've just decided to keep the five grand and just put that back into it just get interest off of it because i don't want to move <clears throat> coinbase charges ridiculous fees to buy crypto as most brokers do so i'm just going to leave the five grand in my Robinhood account and just keep collecting interest on that um this is kind of like my backup backup plan if i fail as a podcaster if i fail as a writer my investments are what i am going to live off of the rest of my life along with disability i have literally no other plan besides these three plans and you can see how well my social media is doing so this is you know most people have one plan right or two at most i have three so this is my investing is like my sure as shit I'm gonna make it out of this fucking mess no matter what these idiots do around me right no matter how much mom I'm how much money my mom blows on crap this week or you know 
you know, if they buy 10 more dogs that keep tearing up shit in this house that I keep telling them they don't need, but they demand to have multiple dogs in this house when one would suffice, um, you know, when <clears throat> I expect to get nothing basically going forward other than what I have now. Um, from disability and whatnot, I I expect literally no success through this podcast. I expect nothing success nothing success wise from my writing. I don't expect people to support me, but I do expect my investments to pay off eventually. Um, and again, my goal my goal is to live off of this the rest of my life, hopefully, and just keep instead of buying weed and alcohol with my disability money, I'm investing it into companies talking to you about these investments i do think solana is a good investment not a financial advisor not financial advice but i do believe in solana i think it's a good choice it's had solid a solid rise it has a solid ecosystem i think it's going to be a big part of gaming in the future um and yeah so check out solana if you haven't let me read some news here on them Uh, finance expert Raul Powell says 100% of his net worth in crypto XRP sold the CEO of Real Vision Group disclosed that 100% of his liquid net worth is in crypto while acknowledging his interest in AI and robotics Powell noted that his first love was crypto also he disclosed buying XRP and Solana during times of crisis offering him a lifetime opportunity Raul Powell, the CEO and co-founder of Real Vision Group, has revealed that crypto makes 100% of his liquid net worth alongside his precisely timed entry into XRP and Solana, labeling it the opportunity of a lifetime. This disclosure from Raul Powell emerged during a recent live podcast featuring pro-XRP attorney John Deaton discussing the next phase of the crypto industry. Powell's revelation regarding his strategic entry into the XRP and his overwhelming net worth position in crypto were notable highlights of the conversation. During the chat, Dean Pro Pal on his overall optimism for the future of the crypto space, acknowledging him as one of the true leaders navigating the industry. Powell's response reflected the depth of his involvement in the crypto realm. Powell remarked, I use a traditional finance investment framework, but really 100% of my liquid net worth is in crypto. as It has been for three years. While Powell acknowledged his interest in emerging technologies such as AI and robotics, he noted that his first love was crypto. I just love the whole space. I love the people in it. I love what it stands for, a system changing in front of your eyes. These are amazing things. What a time to be alive to be a part of this, the financial expert added. Meanwhile, Raul Paul disclosed his strategic entry into XRP after being influenced by an insightful friend who provided perspectives opposing the prevailing narrative. He noted that the SEC lawsuit against XRP marked an opportune moment for him to invest in XRP. It did for me as well. As he observed, many leave the XRP market during the period. He viewed it as an opportunity of a lifetime. In addition, Powell drew parallels between his XRP and Solana investments, both made during crisis when prices dropped. Per the disclosure, his decisions were guided by the recognition of vibrant communities engaged in real blockchain use cases. So for what it's worth, guys, um, crypto's still doing great. I'm confident that when everything else fails, my intellectual capacity that no one cares about fails, this will help me succeed. I'm putting my money literally where my mouth is here. Majority of my investments are in Solana and XRP. 
I also own XLM. I also own Quant. I also own IOTA. I also own XDC. XDC is by far my biggest investment uh, numerically. I have the most XDC out of all of this, um, which would be great if it becomes, uh, you know, high, as high price as everything else that I have invested in. Um, and I have a little bit of Doge and Shiba. I still, I still celebrate the meme coins for what it's worth. Um, I don't like Ethereum, but I bought it just because I realized if everything was going up and I had a five grand, it's gonna probably make me the most money quickly and rise the fastest. Of course, it tanked and I lost $500 almost within an hour of buying it, but now I'm back up um, from where I bought it. So I'm just gonna sell that, like I said, live off the interest of that going forward again, and along with the rest of my money in this account. And uh, yeah, it looks like we're still going up here anyway that's that's what I got guys um, biggest leader today by the way I do invest in two companies too Joby and GoEV Joby's at 5.3% GoEV's at 0.58% don't buy GoEV unless you know it's a huge risk huge huge risk I still think Joby has a purpose it's an air taxi service um, and I do have some silver too. I bought some silver ETFs. Uh, so I think, th dude, there's people saying silver's gonna go to like $10,000. I was like, yeah, I don't believe that, but I'm still gonna jump on it just because this is hilarious to me. And I've never owned any metal. Um, I mean, I've owned silver, but I've never like bought silver bars or spot uh, silver bars or gold or anything like that. So I like that there's some commodity backing this. I only have 18 shares of it too, so it's like it's not a huge investment, but check out iShares Silver Trust. Um, I'm currently down a dollar and twenty-six cents in that. Anyway, that's all I got today, guys. I'm gonna go for a run. See you see you all on Friday for number two ninety-seven.